And if you will, open up your Bible to Philippians, the first, second chapter, almost the first chapter. And we've been talking about growing up spiritually. Growing up spiritually is not automatic, and, uh, but you can't just grow unless you're born. And so we've talked about how people need to be born again. So what we're talking about here is growing up spiritually in God. We, we've noticed that there are a lot of verses that use that term about growing up. Are you with me? And uh, there are some things that kind of have trickled into the church that really have hindered believers in the way they think and the way they progress. Uh, one thing is this. Uh, we talk about a backslider. You know, you ever heard that term? They're a backslider. And uh, it's a common church thing. And, you know, I don't even know if God's with them. You know, we've looked at that a little bit, that the Bible in the New Testament never uses the word backslider. Not one time. But the Bible does talk about walking like mere men or people who don't know the Lord or people who are not saved. And so, but we would in the church world often call those people backsliders. The Bible said that those are people who have not grown in the Lord. And people who get the opportunity to feed on the Word of God and practice the Word of God will start to grow. And as they grow, they will look less like somebody in the world. Are you with me? And so we've noticed that growth is not by accident. Are you with me? Natural growth is not by accident. Uh, natural growth uh, takes leaders or parents, a father, a mother, to feed the child. And God has said it the same way where people are to be fed in a body, in a local church, and these things are important. And we've looked at how we, as we grow in the Lord, we should feed ourselves on the Word of God, just like people would learn to eat on their own. Has anybody learned how to do that? Some people are looking at me like, wow, this is really strange. But we, we've looked at all this. But there are some different things about growing up in God that are very important for every believer to know. And uh, these are not for people who don't know the Lord, but these are for people who do know the Lord, who have given their life to the Lord. And so if you will, Philippians, the second chapter, we're going to begin reading here. And uh, this is a huge part of growing up spiritually. When God does a work in a person and gives their life to the Lord, He does not leave their spiritual development just solely on them. Are you with me? God cares about His children just like a natural parent cares about their children and they want the best. Now I know there's some natural parents that maybe are a little bit different that don't think that way, but a person of sound mind wants their kid to succeed. And God is way of a sound understanding and He wants His children to succeed. And he wants them to grow up. And he doesn't want them taken advantage of in this world. He wants them to really grow and have a fruitful life here, not just in heaven. And so when we look at this, what are things about spiritual growth 
and, and development that are huge to the believer that we need to kind of get our eye on, get our attention to. Philippians, the second chapter, we're going to begin reading here. It says, for it is God, it is God who works in you. Wow, that right there is a huge statement. God works in you. And when we talk about God working in you, you realize this. God works in a believer different than he works on a lost person who doesn't know him. He will convict them, but to the believer, he will lead them. And the statement here is God works in you. He was writing to the whole church and said, God works in you. We can be assured that God works in us. We may not recognize, you know, or understand how He works in us, but we are going to look at it and it will help us in our growth with God. And really, it will help us to navigate life here upon the earth. God can help you to not make any mistakes. If I make mistakes, those are not God-ordained. Are you with me? There are plenty of scriptures. Somebody said, well, you just have to make mistakes. Well, technically, um, we are going to, but we don't have to. There are things that we can do to negate mistakes as individuals. Like when God wrote to the children of Israel and told Joshua, he said, meditate in my word day and night, then you will make your way prosperous. Then you, you will make your, who will make your way prosperous? You will, and you will have good success. One translation says you will be able to deal wisely you will be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. Then he wrote almost the same thing in the book of Psalms. He talked about meditating in the Word and the Lord and in His Word, and he said, then you would prosper in all things. In other words, he is for you making good, wise decisions. One thing is this. If you're going to grow with God, wise decisions are important. Wise choices in this world are important. How many of us, think about it, he told you how to deal wisely in the affairs of life, then you would make your way prosperous. How many of us, looking back on life, no matter the age we are, could look back and go, if I would have done something different there, the outcome would have been better. And He is for us having a good outcome, but a good outcome often is based on decisions we make. And He is heavily invested in us. As a matter of fact, when we're going to look at this verse right here where it said it's God who works in you, I've met Christians who say, well, I notice God working in me, or I notice when I got saved God worked in me, but I don't notice Him that much working in me. Then you talk to other ones and they'll say, I really recognize God working in me. I believe every believer can get to the place where they can really recognize God working in them. I, I had a friend in Bible school 
uh, we would be in service. There would be a few of us. We'd be hearing the Word of God or they would have some music group there playing and you'd go, wow, that was powerful. I mean, you notice God moving when our music team is up here singing and you, you go, wow, that's good. But do you know, not always do people recognize God working. There can be people who go, oh, you know, they missed it right there. You know, why didn't they do this? And they're not recognizing what God's doing. Now, if God's not doing anything, there's not much to recognize. But is God endeavoring to do things, and can we recognize what He's doing and cooperate? So I had this friend who... um, I remember there, there were three of us. We were real close friends out of the group. And I remember talking to the one guy going, man, did you sense that? Could you feel the presence of the Lord and recognize the presence of the Lord when this person was playing this instrument? And they were like, you know, like a saxophone went off, you know, and played for a minute. And uh, he was like, yeah, that was incredible. And then we looked at the other guy and went, did you notice? And he's like, no. And then, you know, we, there would be one song and it was just like, wow, God was moving on it. And uh, a number of us said, man, did you recognize that? And we were like, yeah, yeah, that was super powerful. And look at this same guy and go, did you notice that? And he'd be like, no. Poor guy. No hope for somebody like that. No, actually he just kind of followed a process. He today, I'm still friends with him, is probably one of the most sensitive people to God that I know. Like he recognizes now. So anybody can get to that place if you follow certain things. And we're going to talk about that. Philippians here said it's God who works in you both to will... And to do of His good pleasure. So God works in you both to will. So you could say it like this. God influences your will. God as a believer can influence your will. There can be a time in your life where you're a Christian and you start going, Man, I want to pray. I, I think I should pray. And it's your will going, I want to pray. Or I want to read. Or I want to know God better. Technically, that's God working in a believer. To will. I really want to serve Him with my life. Now, here's the thing. The Bible says this often. If any man has ears to hear... Let him hear. But that's not all it's said. Because for the most part, everybody has ears and everybody can hear. You're like, I'm hearing you. But he said, if anybody has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So that means I have ears that can hear you talk, or you have ears that can hear me talk, or hear other people talk. But how many of you know you have more than just spiritual ears or natural ears? 
We have ears kind of in our thinking. The enemy will throw thoughts against your head. Weird ones. He did it to Jesus. He does it to believers. Are you with me? He does it to lost people. Why do people commit suicide? The liar, the accuser of people, the one who would like to destroy people will start throwing thoughts against people's heads. They're not, they're not voices out here. But then there's, there's ears or the ability to hear beyond your mind. In your spirit, as a Christian, which is beyond these ears and beyond your thinking, way down inside, we have ears to hear. We as believers have ears. And there are things we can do as believers to hear better. There are things we can do to hear better. In the natural, there are things we can do to hear better. I was out the other day with some people in a boat or like a long canoe, and the person in the front kept talking to me. And finally I just said, you know, unless you turn around and face me, I can't hear you. You know, if somebody's talking to you like this, their voice is going like this way, and you're talking and they can hear you fine, turning toward them would be important. Right? There are things we can do naturally to hear with our natural ears. H haven't you ever thought, you know, you want to hear something and you're, you tell everybody else, be quiet? No, nobody's ever said that. You guys are looking way innocent today. Yeah, there's one person. No. No, we've all had that where we've wanted to hear something, uh, but we had to make an adjustment. If you were on the phone in your car, you turned down the air conditioner sometime. Sometimes. Sometimes you roll up the window. Sometimes you get out of the room where there are other voices. You know, in Psalm 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes you've got to get still or rid of noise. And it's not always natural noise. There are things that we can do to listen spiritually. One is this, know that there is a voice calling out to every believer. But when you make a statement like that, people automatically start trying to hear an, a voice. And it's not always a voice you're going to hear when it comes to the Lord's dealings. Notice it's God who works in you to will. To will. Often God in the believer is influencing a person's will. And here's the thing, when you hear this, sometimes we may look and go, okay, God is dealing with me to do this. He's influencing me to will to pray. But do you know that often it's way more than just what we can make up in our head that he's willing? Like if he's willing and wanting you and you're like, man, I want to get to know God. That's not everybody in the world. But there is something in a believer going, I want to know God. Truthfully, that's God working in a person. But here's the other side to that. 
it's a call from God that wants to fellowship with you too. In other words, it's not just me going, man, I really want to get to know you, God. If we would start focusing on some of these things, they would explode in us. But you really have to focus on. What we focus on expands. But what we need to realize is if we have a desire to know God, God has a desire to interact with you. He's actually not wanting you just to pray. Uh, you know, I, somebody wants to have a relationship with somebody. They want to become friends with them. What kind of relationship would that be if it was not two-sided? God has this two-sided relationship. If He puts a desire in your heart, and He does to the believer, to literally to read and want to see in the Bible, God is then wanting to show you something in the Bible. If He's dealing with you to pray, He wants to deal with you and talk to you. And it... And you think about it, just the initial desire is a thing that God works in us. People need to recognize that just desire alone or a will to do certain things is an influence of God upon a person who's given their life to Him. Here's what's interesting to me. Any believer who has these will and want, and we all do, if we don't go with them, we become frustrated. Anybody ever not done it? You went, oh, it's frustrating. You know why? Because the interaction that God wants with you is in that step. It's always that way in the Bible. You know, in the Old Testament, when uh, God told a person, a prophet, to go to a certain place, and He said, I've commanded the ravens there to feed you. So in other words, there was a place during this time when there was no rain and there was a famine that God had ordained for them to get something good to be provided for this prophet. And he said, you just have to go there because that's where the ravens are going to do it. Could you imagine knowing, hearing the word, but not cooperating with the word? You could be praying right there, Lord, provide for me. And he said, your provision is over there. Do you know natural, spiritual provision is always in response to what God deals with us about. In other words, if He deals with me to walk with Him a certain way, when I walk with Him that way, there is spiritual provision right there. Not just natural provision. There is something there. There is a richness in that obedience. Just like he said, I commanded the ravens there. So really, he could have been super hungry, maybe depressed. Man, I thought God cared about me. I thought He was for me. He said He would provide for me. He's not providing. And the Lord told him, go here. 
Yeah, but the Lord's not. And I've been asking him. And he said, go here. When he finally went there, I mean, I don't know. If he went the first day, the ravens were there working. If he did it the second day, the ravens were there working. Whenever he did it, the provision was already laid up there. That's how it always is with God. Remember Peter? He had been working, casting his nets, and didn't get anything. And the Lord said, throw it on the other side. Well, Peter could have said, I know more about fishing than you. But wouldn't it have been frustrating to keep doing the same action without any fruit? And when he acted, he threw his net on the... Yeah, but it's such a small thing. I mean, really, isn't throwing your net from one side to the other a real small thing? I mean, I always do the right side. And he's like, throw it on the other side. Well, I'm just going to keep casting my net. You know who's going to get frustrated? Me. Because it can, doesn't that seem like such a small thing? Just move your net from one side to the other. I mean, it's just tiny. But if God's wanting you to do that, the provision you're looking for. But don't just think only physical, financial provision. Though that is what happened. Think about it this way. Um, spiritual provision. Emotional provision. The fullness of God provision. Remember the children of Israel? God gave them direction. He said, here's what I want for you. I don't want you to be like the rest of the world who is led by a natural king. And they said, no, we want a natural king. We don't want you to lead us. And so he said, well, I'll let you go that way. God doesn't force us. But I'll tell you what, in those small things, there is a richness and a fullness when we obey. And it's not just all natural. It's spiritual, emotional, it's, it's every area. And so literally, the children of Israel said, no, we want a king like the rest of them. You know what the Lord said? I'm not going to allow that. No? He said, all right, you can have a king like the rest of them. He said, but this is what will happen to you. You will get leanness to your soul, to your emotional part, to your spiritual part of you will start to get lean. There will not be the fatness and fullness you once experienced. Now, it didn't mean they would do without, but they would not have the fullness. So basically what was, God was saying is, if you would just let me lead you and you would follow my leading instead of trying to get a king, a king or that natural thing will not be able to fulfill you on all levels. Now, they can give you direction and they can rule over you, but there is a supply that they're not going to be able to give you. And so God told them, if you do... You're not going to have this full supply where your spiritual, emotional part of you will be satisfied. And so, what He does is He works in us too, like He did with them. And so, think about it. They got a king, 
The first one didn't turn out so good. The next one was a man that God said is after his own heart. And even though he was a good king and uh, through his lineage Jesus came, it still wasn't God's best. They still did not have the richness of what could have been. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I was there, maybe after a while of being lean, without the fullness, I'd start saying, maybe we ought to rethink this and see if God will put it back the other way. And so when we're talking about growing with God, we're talking about does God deal with His people? Yeah. One reason why people don't hear from God is there are multiple things, and we'll talk about them right now for a minute. Sometimes people don't hear from God because they haven't done the last thing they were supposed to do. Why does God need to tell us more when we haven't done what we know? You know what I mean? In the Bible, the Lord appeared to Paul, and uh, he gave his life to the Lord. The Lord said, now go here, and when you go there, I'll tell you your next step. Some people haven't gone there yet. The minute you go there, when you know a step to take, you will position yourself to hear more. One reason why people don't hear or recognize God is they're just too noisy. Everybody said, well, everybody's pretty quiet in here right now. No, I mean they're noisy with their life. I've met people who God dealt with them about things and they didn't want to do what the Lord dealt with them, so they, got bu- they would get busy with everything. I mean, they were always like cleaning, doing yard work. They never had any quiet time because when they got quiet, God would start dealing with them. And they didn't want to do it, so they didn't get quiet. Kind of goes back to that, be still. Why is it that uh, some people don't hear is they don't want to. They'll get noisy, they'll get busy. But always know this, if we do have direction and we don't do it, there becomes a leanness to us. How many of you know leanness is not the best? I mean, unless you like tenderloin steak, The more lean, the better. But ribeye wins. Why? It's got fat. It's got more flavor. Sorry. Hebrews, somebody fell over over there after I said that. Still the truth. Hebrews, the 13th chapter. How can we grow with God? Growth with God should be a real thing. And it will not happen apart from your relationship with God. Don't overlook certain things when they come. Or when you recognize God dealing. 
sometimes people don't hear from God just because they haven't, not that they're too noisy, but they just really haven't spent much time with Him. They've gotten away from the habit of praying or reading or spending some time with the Lord. And uh, therefore, they're noisy or they're not maybe as in tune with their spiritual ears. And to grow up spiritually, God wants us to become in tune with these things. So I told you to turn to Hebrews, the 13th chapter, and look at this verse here, 20, 13, 20. Now may the God of peace, I like to read it like this, now may the peace of God, or the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, what a way to start a verse. Our God raised Jesus from the dead. The great shepherd of the sheep. What does a shepherd do for sheep? A shepherd has a responsibility to watch over sheep, but has a responsibility to lead sheep. To lead sheep. We as believers are sheep. We are to be led, and God wants to lead us. He said, notice this, he raised him from the dead through the blood of the everlasting covenant. He calls him the shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Verse 21, make you, this is God's work, because remember God works in you. Here is a back to that thought too about God speaking and why we don't hear. Once you start responding to Him, you will start uh, getting more responses from Him. Because you're faithful to what He's saying. You're respecting what He's saying. And here He said, God will make you complete. God will make you complete in every good work. It literally, other translations say, He'll equip you for every good work. Notice this, good work to do His will. So He'll equip you for His will. Notice working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight. You know, it's not just well-pleasing in His sight for you to pray or read. And it's not just His pleasing in His will that you walk successfully in the earth. But what is real pleasing to Him is when you do pray, you're communing with Him. There's something that He's working in you. He's not just pleased with you having a rule where you just read the Bible. He's pleased when you read the Bible and He's able to deal with you out of the Bible and it's not just a normal book. It's, it becomes a supernatural interaction. It's not just pleasing for Him for you to walk this earth and be a success. It's pleasing to Him when you walk this earth and are successful and you do it while in communion with Him through life.
where it's not just me and I'm lonely. I have met people who can be in a crowd and feel alone. No Christian should ever have to sense that. In other words, whether I'm approved by people or not, man, I'm in fellowship with God. Uh, He's with me now. Paul said it this way in the Bible. He said, all men forsook me. Everybody let me down. He said, I pray that the Lord doesn't lay it to their charge. He, he wasn't all bitter. He loved. He forgave. And he said, but one thing is, he said, the Lord stood with me the whole time. He was aware that God was working with him. When we are praising God, and we are singing, and we're recognizing God work, and we go, wow, His presence was there, we should think more than just about His presence. Maybe we ought to think, man, God was working on me. That was not just His presence, that was Him Himself doing something. There's an intimacy there. There's an interaction there. There's a depth there. That we're not just like, wow, I love His presence. Isn't His presence Him working? Him influencing? Doesn't it do something for your emotions? Doesn't it do something for your spiritual well-being? Doesn't it do something in your life after you've been in His presence? Well, really, you could say, I've been influenced by the Lord, personally. And so here He said that He will make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. God works in believers. God works upon lost people to draw them, or people who don't know Him. But there is a rich something about growing with God where we can really recognize Him. Think about this. The Bible said when a person gives their life to the Lord, His Spirit comes in them. And it said that that Spirit cries out, Abba, Father. Or promotes the statement, Father, God. Notice, that is God working in you when you want to pray. When you want to call out. It's not just a natural thing. We should identify these things for what they really are. Which is so important because otherwise, is it abstract what's happening? Or is is God working in me? And God really is working in us. He will promote things that are good in your life. Philippians says this, the first chapter, most people are familiar with this verse. In verse 6, first chapter, uh, verse 6, he said, He who began a good work in you will make you finish it. No. He said he will perform it. He will work it. God is working in believers. God is is working in believers. But the thing that really sets it off is us cooperating. Turn to Colossians, the first chapter. Everybody alive and well? 
One thing we need to do is acknowledge the fact that He's working in us. I know in my earlier years as a Christian, when I first gave my life to the Lord, and I've encouraged young believers along this line, when you first get saved, the first year or two will be a little bit different for you. There will be things you're just going to need to kind of push through. It's a new way of living. It's a new way of walking. If you'll just push through that, things will change. But one thing we do need to realize is this, as we're growing as believers, God wants to interact with us. And there is cooperation it takes. I didn't say it takes perfection, but it does take cooperation. Colossians 1, verse 29. Colossians 1, verse 29. To this end, I also labor, or literally work, striving according to His working, which works in me mightily. How does God work in people? He really does work in them mightily. But here's what I have found sometimes, is people say, well, it's not that mighty, it's... I can recognize it, but it's not like it's knocking me over. Are you with me? Anybody ever had a still small voice or an inward knowing, and you're like, I know I need to do this. That's God working in you mightily. Let me say that again. That's God working in you mightily. I mean, for Him to set up radio communication with you, headquarters, calling, God is powerful. And when He speaks, or deals... That's mighty. There are people all over the world that if God would just deal with them one time, that would be the change of their life forever. How many people do you work with or the people in your neighborhood that have never been dealt with by God? They don't know Him. But here God is radioing us, so to speak. Dealing with us. That's God working mightily in you. Notice what he said. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. God's dealings are mighty. They really are. Think of the might behind God's dealings. God can convict a person to give their life to Him and they could get saved or they could reject that dealing and end up in hell. That's pretty mighty. I mean, God's so powerful Himself, does He really need to lift His voice? Or do we look in the Old Testament, He wasn't in the tornado, He wasn't in this, He was in the still small voice. 
When I lived in the world, I had heard this. These aren't things I always repeat. If somebody doesn't talk much, you don't always want to get in a fight with them. Because sometimes it's all show and no go. But when it's somebody like that, maybe don't, don't tangle with them. Those weren't the exact words. But God doesn't have to lift his voice real loud. As a matter of fact, I found this to be true in my own life. The times that God has really lifted his voice loud to me to do something is, is, is a twofold thing. One, it because I haven't been listening to the inward prompting I already knew. And he's trying to save me from some inevitable trouble. So now he's like, hey! And it's not because he's angry. He's like, you keep going or you do this and you're going to miss out on this. And then there is another reason why sometimes he will speak to us in a stronger or more authoritative voice. And we can see these in the Bible. It will help anchor you in a tough time. The Bible said that God spoke to young Timothy about the call of God on his life and things he was supposed to do. And it said these words came to him and he heard these things from God so he might fight a good fight. In other words, when the storms start blowing and the pressure starts coming, he could look back and go, I know I'm in the right place doing the right thing at the right time. Now, I believe we can learn to do that with just the small promptings of God. But I'm convinced that, that one of the reasons why Paul saw the Lord and the Lord appeared to him in such a dramatic way was because of the call upon his life and who he was going to go face. So not every believer is going to hear the same way, meaning not everybody may have a vision. As a matter of fact, if all of a sudden lots of believers start having visions, um, there might be some tough times coming on the world. Before Armenia fell, and uh, the Turkey crushed them and killed loads of them. They read history, there were people like prophets that rose up everywhere, not false ones, real ones, that were warning of impending things, and people started having visions. Then the Christians got martyred. Sometimes... Just getting stronger words or dealings can help steady a person. But here's the thing. Not trying to make people fear impending things coming. But we should recognize we should be moved by small dealings by God. Not waiting for the big. I have a guy I've known for years in California. He was in a church service and all of a sudden he collapsed on the ground. Just right in the middle of the service. And uh, 
his wife went up there thinking, uh-oh, what's going on? And she said, no, this is God. And she backed down and sat down and the people watched. And he was there for like 40, 30, 40 minutes. This has never happened in his life. Never happened since. The Lord appeared to him. He fell into a trance and the Lord spoke to him. And then when people found out, he was like, they were like, that is incredible. Jesus walked up to him, told him, I've opening the windows of heaven to pour out blessing upon your life. You will be able to build this building. These different things will come to pass. And uh, concerning the growth of the church, and I mean spoke to him, appeared to him. People were so excited. He said, this is nothing to be excited about. They're like, what do you mean? The Lord appeared to you. And he said, sure enough, I saw what happened. He ended up in the middle of this big construction thing. Uh, some things started to happen. Uh, he ended up getting sued. The church got sued by this big construction company for like lots and lots of money. And just a bunch of junk happened. And he said, that anchored me through that tough time. Here is something that we need to know. That when God deals with us, it should be a help and a comfort to us. I mean, even a small dealing, we should write those things down. I remember when I walked through the door of a church one time, came in the door, walked in, all of a sudden I had this inward knowing, this is where I belong. Do you know that helped anchor me? You know, there's sometimes you could be reading and a, and a certain scripture stands out and you're like, wow. And then all of a sudden you start facing something and, and that anchors you because you know God dealt with you about that scripture. We're talking about growing up and having ears to hear. Every Christian has ears to hear. There are things we can do to enhance our hearing. And when I talk about hearing, the primary way I'm talking is not a voice. It's an inward knowing. It's what some people would call an inward intuition. The Bible calls it the witness of the Spirit. The Bible calls it perceiving spiritually. In other words, you know beyond your mind, you just know things. How many of us have known things? Oh, I'm going to share this and we'll, we'll close. I went to make an investment recently. It happened in a couple of things and the Lord dealt with me, don't. And this one thing, it was so strong, don't do it. I went, ugh. I mean, it was like, ugh, no voice. I just knew, don't put your money in there. And I had friends that put their money in there and I said, the Lord dealt with me really strong. Don't do that. And do you know that in the period of time since, if, if let's put it this way, if I would have put, and I wasn't putting this much in, but just for the sake of, of knowing since the time, $57,000. There's a reason I use that number. Today, I would have less than $3,400. Ow. 
right after it went up and then it started going down and 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 I went, oh, Lord. And there's been other times the Lord's dealt with me about things to do and it didn't make sense and it worked out really well. We need to learn to know that the Lord will deal with us. Have you, God, God cares about who you hang around with. Have you ever gone to hang around with somebody and thought, this person's not good. And you thought, but I like them. And later on it bit you? That's never happened? He is looking out for the best. This will help us to grow.